spins within a thick shadow, spreading out like pizza dough, a span awash in swinging mist. We knew that it would come to this. Take a look around and see the lobby, wide and glistening, with only floors and swinging doors. We grab a slice and order more. This is a show called The Earth Hotel. This is the Propaganda Network for your art in Birmingham, Alabama, the Southeast United States. And tomorrow, the world! I think we can get down to announcements now. Dates. Welcome. Let's bring everybody in. Uh, December dates. December 6th, I'm at the Art Town. Anti-Fest is going on. It's a fringe music festival featuring bizarre performers from all over the Southeast and the world. Um, I'm doing a live Earth Hotel podcast with Shannon Ellis from Machi and uh, the artist Celeste Foe, who helps curate uh, things at the Art Town. That's December 6th. That's an all-day event. I think it's 12 to 6 p.m., but don't quote me on that. You can go find the event in the description. And I'm also doing a joint podcast releasing on the same day, uh, December 4th. That's today. This podcast is coming out, and you can also hear uh, Lindsay Shante and Chance Bridges' uh, AKA little girl, um, pushy and, uh, and chance is balcony view amongst other things. 
they are helping curate the Antifest, and they are uh, they're going to speak with me on a mini so dedicated to the promotion of that event. You can find that on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this. It's there too. That's a live Earth Hotel podcast. I'm talking to Shannon Ellis from Machi and Celeste Foe. Uh, December 8th at the Soft Rock Bungalow, Frozen Yogurt, who you can hear this coming Tuesday on a mini-sode. I interviewed them and uh, and got one of their sets uh, recorded in the studio. They're a, uh, they're a free-form, feeling-based, you know, emotion, emotionally-guided uh, improvisational group, and they're super sweet, and I talked to them. Frozen Yogurt, the band Kyle, the Dizzy, and myself, Jackie Cotillard. That's me. We're playing at the Soft Rock Bungalow. Music starts at 8 with Frozen Yogurt. And then the Dizzy, Kyle, and myself. That's how that's going. Soft Rock are friends. They're friends. Come see us. $5 cover. Uh, don't bring bullshit there. Uh, you can get that elsewhere. That's not the place for bullshit. The Soft Rock Bungalow. December 9th, I am back at Art Town. I am doing a solo musical performance at The Beautiful and the Hideous, group show number 17. Uh, the art town is in East Lake, uh, outside of Birmingham, and they have group art shows. So I am performing stuff there as a musical entity. The beautiful and the hideous—that's a show made for me, uh, as Picasso said of one of his many lovers, mistresses, uh, women of art. Uh, she is she is hideous, hideously beautiful, or beautifully hideous. I can't remember which. And that's me. December 15th, at a location to be announced, we are having the Earth Hotel Christmas Party and the first Lobby Podcast. I'm going to get to talking about the Lobby Podcast in just a moment, but uh, but the Earth Hotel Christmas Party is an open engagement. It's an open house. I'm going to let you know where that's happening and create an event page on Facebook and whatever, but we're going to meet at a place and celebrate the stuff that we've done this year. Um, if you've ever been involved with the Earth Hotel, if you like the show and you want to come do a meet and greet, say hi. Uh, it's not really a meet and greet because we're all friends and I know most of you. Um, we're all from the same small local place, so it's not like you're coming to meet somebody. It's like, come hang out with me. And Beers and Broads gals and uh, and the bands that we've had on, everybody can lump in together and have a little Christmas thing. When we do that, there's going to be a podcast table room set up so that's going to inaugurate the Lobby Podcast. That's going to be an open program on the network. It's a, it's an Earth Hotel program that's related to all of the things we do there. So, for example, if if somebody that, that I work with, if somebody, uh, for example, Milton Ragsdale, who I'll talk about in a moment, if he wants to curate, you know, two hours of music and if he just wants to, a, a one-off podcast, for example... Um, something to to put together a playlist or whatever. We'll just put it out as a lobby show, and have him be a guest host. You know, uh, the the open house Christmas party will be the first lobby show, and we'll just kind of all be swinging and discuss whatever whatever's going on, come in and out, and it, it'll be a variety kind of thing. But in the future, we'll have guest hosts, we'll have curated programs, whenever they happen. Um, the live podcasts will still come out under the Earth Hotel, but if we have a live lobby eventually with like a panel of people, uh, that would be cool with a guest host or something. This is a new avenue that I'm going down. So if you have interesting ideas about that, I'm accepting feedback at the earthhotel at gmail.com. 
Uh, if you have any feedback about the show as we go into season four in the new year, I want to step up the game that we're playing and make it a make it a fun venture for everybody. So if you want to get involved in any way, if you have a skill you want to lend, if you want to submit your art or uh, or music or do whatever, you want to put yourself put yourself or your friends or your friends selves on the show. This is where this happens. TheEarthHotel at gmail.com. And you can comment on any page on the Earth Hotel website, I believe. Uh, December 16th, uh, I'm at Revelator Coffee. That's another Earth Hotel Live at the Indie Pop-Up Record Shop. I'll be interviewing many of the bands that have come to Revelator that day uh, down in uh, the Theater District of Birmingham. Uh, we're going to have various bands that are not signed to a record label that don't have a, a record shop to sell in. We're going to throw up some shelves and and put Birmingham's talent on display, and I'll be talking to various bands in little mini interviews about uh, about what they've got for sale and, and what they do around here. So it'll be like a bunch of Earth Hotel episodes compressed into one, but live and spontaneous-like. That's uh, December 16th at Revelator Coffee. Stay tuned on Facebook for an event page about that, and I'll keep the links coming. There will be more shows between now and then. December 19th at the Nick, the classic Nick. The Steel City Jug Slammers are joining the Dizzy. Well, really, we're joining them. Uh, they're a, a well-established, uh, not a throwback. It's more like a, a toss, toss a rock over your shoulder and see where it lands. Oh, it landed in the past and we're in the past in Birmingham. Um, but an alternate past where everyone gets along. Um, hmm. Steel City Jug Slammers, um, are at the Nick. The, the Dizzy is joining them for their first Nick appearance since, I think, Mark II, we're on version four of the Dizzy, so I think it's been a, a, quite a while since we've been at the Nick. Steel City Jug Slammers, the Dizzy, Quinn, Ren Fair, Dance Party, and Poppy Fields. It's going to be a happening Tuesday show. Uh, it's 2D Tuesday, if you if you remember that from your childhood. Uh, 2D Tuesday's happening, and we'll have some 2D glasses to give you to make the world flat and uninteresting, so we pop off the stage in comparison. It's the Dizzy. It's going to be fun. December 19th at the Nick. Music starts at 10 at the Nick. December 29th at the Soft Rock Bungalow, the Top Shelf Burlesque, of which I am a part, and so is Kirsten Shaw from uh, from Giant Sunbeam and the Noise, if you're familiar with her, and several other lovely gals uh, that you're going to meet. Uh, we are performing our first show. Our, our It's not New Year's, but we might as well make it New Year's because everybody else is going to be uh, doing other stuff those other days, and why not celebrate early kind of New Year's show at the Soft Rock. Uh, with music to be announced. I think the Dizzy just signed on for the show. Uh, but we are we're doing about an hour, a little short of an hour of burlesque happening sexy uh, enticement time. <laughs> so you can step into this new avenue with us as we as we try this new thing out. Uh, several of the ladies are experienced in this. I am not, and we've got a couple of other uh, ladies that have never done it before either, and we've got really interesting numbers and highfalutin fun stuff to do that we can do because we're small and independent, and it's going to be quite an experience for everyone involved. So, fun dance time at uh, at the Soft Rock Bungalow, December 29th, the Dizzy, and I believe DJ Cherokee Jack, if he's available, we're going to throw some people on here and make it uh, a fun time for everyone so we can all vent our collective feelings about the... Uh, the sexy time. We like that. The the fun that you have when you get strangers in the room together and you make them all kind of frustrated 
and then send them out onto the dance floor. We like to watch that happen. That's fun. And those are our December dates. Uh, January is quickly upon us, and we are, we're lining up the stuff for that. There's going to be more live Earth Hotel happening things. Uh, we're going to get some guest hosts in on the Lobby podcast, and the Dizzy and myself continue. I'm, I'm finally coalescing all of the music that I've been meaning to make over the last few years into a workable vision. So that's what next year brings us. If you've been one of my friends that has been waiting on, uh, waiting on the album that I've been promising for three years, then maybe you'll get it in, in not all of those words next year. Thanks for joining us in season three. Today's episode is about Loy Loy. They're a band from Washington, DC. They are a duo, brother and sister. They are unbelievably sweet people and they make a fascinating direct ravey, dancey, poppy, feely, revolutionary um, music about about learning how to live. So Loy Loy speaks for themselves in just a few moments. You're going to hear two of their songs. Uh, you May Be is the first, and Responsibilidades is the second. Uh, they are a band that sings in English and Spanish. Uh, Christy and Johnny, thank you for joining me on this show. I love you, love you, love you. I'm going to be back in Washington, D.C. soon, and we're going to have more words. And eventually, I'm going to get the live show that was recorded and see what that made of, uh, made of itself from the Syndicate Lounge. We encountered each other November 21st. Uh, that was a show with Machi, uh, Sonder, and Pink Pyramids. And it was a, it was a crowded, swinging, uh, uh, full-hearted, good time for everyone. It was a fantastic show at the Syndicate Lounge. And I sat down with Loy Loy the next morning in the Soft Rock Bungalow, the, the resident uh, artist camp in town, uh, where all of the, the road-weary bands are, are greeted with, with a hug and a smile and a, and a cup of soup and you know coffee in the morning, and they go off again. So we sat down in the living room of the, uh, the Soft Rock Bungalow to speak about how they do music, what they do it with, where they've done it, and where they're going to do it. And all of the fine details, and uh, and Christy and Johnny talk about uh, the real deal behind their thing. You're going to hear "You May Be," "Responsibilidades," followed by my improv tune "Crumbly Cabaret," the interview, and then the poem from my book "React," uh, which I put out a couple of years ago. It's a poem called "Swim in the Road," and I've put some dance music behind it to reflect the way that I'm feeling at the moment. After which, I've got a bit of a bit of address about the state of the show. We've got some announcements uh, about the network in general, and I don't want to lead with that. It's just not the most important thing on the agenda. So going forward, enjoy Loi Loi and the Life Toy. This is the Earth Hotel. Stay where you are.
Let's do this bastard. You want to start there with Viva la Vulva? Viva la Vulva. Tell me about that. Let's let's go from there. Um, so our the title of our um, 2017 EP is Viva la Vulva. Um, and you can all guess what that means. But what it actually means, there's an extra layer of contextuality to this. Back in January, there was a, a women's march in Washington, D.C. As you know, many women from this area all over the United States and all over the world came to participate in it. Um, and so I was also there uh, with my mother. And um, while we were there, we saw various each each person that was participating had a different sign um, to talk about, you know, confronting an issue that um, whether it was the election or um, just how women are treated in general and uh, the inequalities and the lack of inclusion. Mm-hmm. And so um, one of the signs I saw various times was Viva la Volva. And, you know, of course, at the beginning I laughed. I thought it was really funny. And then I realized, oh, wait, you know, my songs are really a celebration of not only women, but also things that people who are sort of on the same page as women or marginalized or other can feel. And I thought that Viva la Volva, the spirit of that sign, that the spirit of that slogan really uh, encapsulated the kind of message we were trying to send to the audience which is um fight for fight for inclusion fight for representation and celebrate who you are you fight for existence by celebrating it i would definitely say that is true we're we're coming off the morning after uh the syndicate lounge which was a happen and boppin uh, event fun time thing for sure can you walk me through the set list just so i have some context for it, because I want to go through a couple of things that, that happened. I'm trying to put my jagged memories together. <laughs> sure. Um, so we started off, yes, and by the way, that was an amazing set. Um, there was an amazing show, rather, um, and, and the audience was just so in. Um, and that's what we're hoping will happen in each show we play, that the audience will just kind of go along with us. And Loyola is all about inclusion. So the audience is a really important part of that. It was inviting, but I'll get back to that. Thank you. Um, we hoped we hoped it would be that way. So the first song we played was 1985. Um, we then went to a song You May Be, which is on the album Viva La Volva. Oh, 1985 is as well. Um, we also played uh, Trying to Remember. What else did we play? Don't Know. Black Widow. Um, the Only Girl. Chica Retorcida, which is a Spanish song, which means Twisted Girl. Um, and we played Responsabilidades, another Spanish song, which means Responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Egypto. And we played Egypto, which is another Spanish song we just wrote recently. <laughs> Thank you, Johnny. And sure. like a, a tiny interpolated sample of A Hard Knock Life that only just floats through my... I think that got started and, and disappeared into the ether. Um, but that was fun, too. Um, so... I think I want to start with Responsibilidades. Yes. And then, yeah, we'll move on from there. Can you tell me about that one? Sure. Um, so I lived in Spain for a couple of years, and that's when Loi Loi started to really take off. And um, I wrote a few songs in Spanish uh, during that time. One of them was Responsibilidades. Um, the song was originally called Madrileños, which means the people of Madrid. Mm-hmm. And um, it was basically a commentary on how... Um, what 
dating life is like in Madrid. It's very not serious. Most of the time it's very not serious. There's a lot of, um, you know, people often use the excuse of I don't have time to sort of manage their polyamorous dating life. It's the oldest excuse in the book. Right. Yeah, it's really. And it's, <laughs> That's and the I, only thing we have. Yes, exactly. And it was something that really flowed with the flowed with the quick pace of the city because even though Madrid is kind of laid back um, when you're walking down the city you have this feeling um, and this is what I hope that the the music brings across that um, there's a sense of rushing there's a sense of we need to get places when you're you know walking around in the main parts of the city and um, the horns and responsabilidades the horn section is something that I hope really brings that across Mm -hmm. so sort of juxtaposing the social interactions with the high-paced life of the city and um, the high fashion you know like me 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 centric kind of way of doing things is that kind of at odds with with spanish culture is that like a a modern outlier it really depends on where you are in spain Mm -hmm. but in madrid it's very much a typical city um and i think you can pretty much experience that kind of thing in in any major city that you're in um of course outside is in the countryside is a little different a little more traditional right i think i think you are the my my favorite recent like sample based like on stage synth and keyboard performance group that I've seen lately as far as like execution. Um, you were playing, were you playing the horn part on that live? Like on the, the, was that what you were using on that song? It was a sample. Well, when I created the song, um, I took that sample and then I basically made a melody from it because on the uh, Electribe, which is what Johnny and I both use, we, we both use each use our own Electribe, um, you can take a sample and you can um, actually make it into a musical scheme by writing writing the sample. And it, it, it's a very great instrument. It allows you to do a lot. It allows you to put outside samples in and you know, make some really interesting noises and often melodious noises. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a really performance heavy, um, uh, you're, you're, you're really playing the instruments, but it's a performance heavy, like electronic set, you know, like synthesized non-acoustic performance kind of thing. I don't know. You're, you're, you're both doing a lot. You're very active on stage as far as bringing the music across, um, not just in you're you're very physically you know, presentive and, you know, the, the, you move, you move a lot, but you're both constantly bringing things in and, and, and pulling out. It doesn't look like you take many shortcuts with the, the onstage composition of what you're doing. It doesn't seem like you're using the, the electronic crutch, you know, as I'm guilty of doing sometimes. Um, I mean, we've been doing, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, we've been doing this set for a while um, and we have more songs that we didn't play last night, but um, I think it's, it's, it's a muscle memory. It's a lot of, you know, rehearsal time. It's a lot of just remembering, coordinating your own body to do the, to be in a certain place and, you know, to, to be in one with the rhythm. Sometimes there's a multiple rhythms on, on you may be, there's like a back, sort of a backbeat um, dubstep type thing. Um, and it's really, really important that you that you can hear everything as you're playing it, because if you can't, if it, if it, actually this happened, you know, on a, a performance that I had recently, um, I wasn't able to hear my drum machine, and so I lost the rhythm because mm-hmm. I couldn't 
couldn't I couldn't hear it, so I had to on the next song stop and do another sound check. So it is really um, like a like a sort of it's almost like a, like a dance routine. You just you right. need to like really think about where you're where you're moving and what the other person is doing. Um, that communication between Johnny and I really helps. Obviously, we're siblings, so that we know how to communicate with each other better than probably I would be able to communicate with anyone. Um, but still, it's very much we have to pay attention to what we're doing. And that's not a, a publicity gimmick like the White Stripes. Y'all aren't going to get divorced in like two years. You're actually siblings. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think no. you can get divorced from your sibling unless right. you uh, have a particularly kinky way of no. <laughs> dealing with life um what no so what is that like y'all y'all travel together and... it's torture no. <laughs> <laughs> no, i'm just kidding uh i think it's really it's interesting because this is our first tour as a band um and it's christy's first tour through the united states and it's about like my 10th or 11th so I feel, although I am the younger sibling, I feel like a sense of, of being the older sibling sometimes because I'm sort of showing Christy what uh, this life is, is like. The and, old American road. And simultaneously, I'm sharing with Christy what my life has been like for the last eight years while um, she's lived abroad and done all this other stuff in her life. So it's kind of cool to just, it's almost like, hey, check out this stuff that I do with my life, you know, and to be able to share that with my sibling, it's just really fun. It's almost like surreal sometimes. Mm -hmm. That's so sweet. I yeah. agree. It's been very surreal so far. Yeah. In a good way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what was the title of the track? Uh, uh, girl. The only girl. The only girl. Tell me about that one. Oh, this is, um, I'll give you the abridged version. Um, so it's, it's a song that I wrote when I was living in China and, um, I had a, a friend who, um, had just broken up with her boyfriend and we had, we were just getting to know each other. So we went out for coffee and she was telling me the lyrics are about, um, I thought I was the only girl in the universe, um, pretty enough to do it, but not pretty enough to do it again. And it's that experience of when, um, you feel like if you've had, like a one night stand and you know the person never calls you again you feel like you're the only person that often you feel like you're the only person that this happens to you you know that mm -hmm. self sort of self-indulgent feel sorry you feel sorry for yourself um pity yourself and so my friend <laughs> had after breaking up with her boyfriend um had the same experience and then we figured out that we, we both had had this experience and we for a minute we were afraid that we it had been with the same guy <laughs> And then we realized, no, it wasn't the same guy, but they were best friends. Um, so I just thought, you know, like, let's let me write a song about this. And I thought, oh, this is going to be really cheesy. And it turned into a really interesting song. Um, the first verse is about her experience, you know, breaking up with a boyfriend and just going crazy. Second is my experience with a guy that I was sort of seeing and just kind of dumped me out of nowhere. So it's sort of like a it's kind of like a tribute to like girls don't worry like you're not the only ones this happened you know you're this is doesn't just happen to you it happens to all right and i would even say now even even guys so yeah that's what the song is about but it's sort of got this doorsy type of vocal vibe um like this jim morrison like you know repetition and like that scream and 
it's kind of a the audience tends to like it, I guess, because it's sort of a it repeats itself. If I never took my chances, you'd be calling me. If I never took my chances, you'd be calling me. So on and so on, and everyone starts to sing it with with us at the end. And you know, it's nice. It's it's a way to sort of recognize that we've all had that experience through a song. Mm-hmm. It it's pretty truly anthemic because yeah. it it's and that's. <clears throat> That's what I mean by inviting, because it's not a song that is obviously written about you. You know what I mean? Like, it's it doesn't come off as like, here's a song about what happened to me. Here's you need to identify with with my place in this. Like, it's it's a an inward out kind of song instead of an out, you know outward in. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. I I try not to be too autobiographical. Um, well, not in that sense. Like, I think you used. Sorry to interrupt you, but the. Like using using a mutual experience like that is powerful, but putting it across in a way that is more about relate uh, someone relating to it than you trying to relate to the world. You know what I mean? Like you're not trying to show, like you're not trying to show your bit. You're trying to bring people in. Definitely, definitely, and I think it's a, I think sometimes that's an age thing because I know there was a time when I just would write a lot of things from my own perspective and I you know I have old poems from college that I look at and I'm like oh this is really nice it's just, it's but it's very self-absorbed and that's totally fine I mean I think art is art no matter what it's about you know um I just tend to be very other folk other focused and I think it's just because mm-hmm. of my life experience and living in so many different countries and not being able to always impose my reality on other people so that kind of trickles down into my songwriting where I'm like, okay, I don't, I want to write about something that I'm experiencing, but I'd like to make it very, very, very relatable so that everyone can know what this is and feel, feel it too. It's effective. Thank you. That's, that's the impression that I got from the presentation and and how you, like how you move and how you use the relationship with the audience. Like it's very inviting in a way that's it, it's it's genuine, and I saw it ripple out through the audience because sometimes it takes a while and people are icy and and sometimes people aren't gonna dance, and it's and some people inspire people to dance immediately, and then once they're there for a minute, it doesn't it doesn't hold, you know. Because they're not being brought in, they're just being suggested that they do something. Yep. But y- y- y'all very much <laughs> wrap arms around and and pull pull forward. There's no like come up to the front and dance with us because that's the social cue right now. Like it it's a it's a moving kind of uh, relationship. Thank you. Um, we we the audience has to be willing to do it. It doesn't always happen. And last night at the Syndicate Lounge. Um, everybody was really there with us. I, and I mean, I could feel it from before, even before we played, um, people were, were there at, you know, I, the attitude was good. Everyone was there, whether they were there to see us or Machi or Pink Pyramids or Sonder, um, they were, they were there for the night. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was very impressed by that, like willingness to, I mean, must have been a work you know everyone had to go to work the next day but yet people really wanted to be there and that's the best kind of show we can we can have and I knew before I came here that that was a really high possibility 
um, that that we would have this kind of audience in Birmingham. I just had that feeling. That's and a good was, crowd of folks. The the people that came. Oh my god, the best. Yeah, they. This was this was by far. I mean, this was a, an amazing show for us, and not just on tour, but in general of all the shows we've done, and we've done a lot. Mm-hmm. So. So thank you, Birmingham. <laughs> they showed out. They showed out good. Sure I'm, did. I'm proud. I'm proud of them. <laughs> you you mentioned to me before, and you've expressed a few times that you were excited to come here, mm. just because you've never been down south and like you've never been here. What what was that? What was that pull? Was it just a feeling kind of thing, like you said? I've always been really interested. So my fa- my parents, our parents, live in Florida, but. Panhandle or actually Florida proper? Gulf Coast. <laughs> okay. Gulf Coast. So not not that, quite. That's state unto itself. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's mostly like people that from New Jersey that um, retire there, mm-hmm. um, which is where we're, we're originally from. But I haven't. I have spent some time in New Orleans. I've spent some time around New Orleans, and I just, I just find the South such a fascinating place, such a fascinating part of the country, and I like it. And I don't know, I, I enjoy, I enjoy being here. It's warm. Um, that's also a plus. And Birmingham, I mean, you read so much about it in the history books, you wonder what, what happened to the city? What, what, what is it like now? And so I thought, you know, if we can get down there, that would be great. Um, also wanted to visit Muscle Shoals, of course, mm-hmm. the, the famous studio. I'm a huge, huge fan of most of the artists that, um, recorded there in the late 70s, in the early 70s. And so, um, Basically, we reached out um, on Facebook to uh, one of those common, you know, Birmingham, Alabama DIY scenes, and the Syndicate Lounge responded right away. Okay, we'd we'd like to have you. Can you pull in a few other other bands? And so we we reached out to the other bands that were on the bill, and it all just came together so quickly. And when I walked in the venue last night, I thought, wow, like this is a nice, this is a really awesome place to play, and I can't believe it all came together this way. Just kind of. Felt like it was meant to be. Yeah, I, I've heard that a few times uh, about the syndicate in particular, but lightning can strike a few times around here. I think there's—I'm not going to say magic. There's potential, um, but there's also creeping uh, mossy darkness that's still in the dirt. You know, um, we can't spend. We, we, uh, Johnny and I've been talking about Scott Walker all morning, and if you listen to this program, you know how I feel about that. <laughs> um, but I, I hear that not me, but me down in the land of darkness from epizootics, like it's that, like, it's very weird to know that that's because the history is not lost on us, but we don't, I don't feel like a lot of people feel connection to it. It's very much like a, that was, mm. that was another kind of person in another kind of time. And we're not, it's not like that anymore. And we're glad it's not like that anymore. But it, it's a tenuous connection between the past and now, I feel like. But now re- you, and, and uh, it plays out in the media every day, right? Like right now, specifically, that relationship that between Alabama today and Alabama of yesterday is so playing weird. out on the national narrative every day. So weird. And people are like, Alabama this, Alabama that. Like, and, yeah. you know, my circles of liberal thinking facebook posters they're like what's up with alabama what are you guys doing down there and you know here i am I like hanging out with a bunch of queers and transgender people like in in a fucking in a bar it, like it's here and i'm like okay so there's 
multiple it's multifaceted place maybe it totally is but they're not wrong about that facet that they're seeing right you know what i mean um we're we're kind of just collectively like like wandering around shocked and then going and voting we're trying to actually vote people into office that are gonna not basically misrepresent the human spirit um yeah but anyhow it it is a it is a weird relationship to have with the dirt underneath you and like it's still in the concrete of the streets and it's it's still um i don't know certainly is in the concrete of washington dc where we live right yeah i was i was thinking it's not that different from anywhere else but it is you know it's it's there's there's pain and there's energy pounded down into that pavement anyway anywhere but uh there's also blood in places you know yeah anyhow that's the south for you (laughs) the dark and bloody ground well and i mean mean, and this is why it's really important that we um that bands come down here Mm -hmm. and i mean obviously there's there's a really warm welcome mat rolled out um by many people obviously last night we had the biggest crowd that we've had all tour last night um so there there is there's definitely a representation of people who are who who are trying to change things um including including you and you know we we were staying um with machi the band that we played with last night and you know i just i think that um the best way to stand up against those things is to just keep getting our voices out there mm-hmm. and i would definitely recommend um all other dc bands to, to come down here because this really was quite an experience for us i'm glad yeah we can't just play in the in i mean we can't just play in our like dc new york la chicago you know you got to go further out because our lifestyle is also at risk and yeah. we need to uh spread out and tour and play more now more than ever because if we aren't careful we're gonna get squeezed out like gentrification is also a force of white supremacy so just because we think things are happening in alabama and charlottesville and not in washington dc doesn't mean they're not happening in washington dc they're just happening under the guise of building you know uh upper class housing uh in and condos and artisan shops that push people out of neighborhoods they've traditionally lived in like so and that's also going to squeeze out diy and punk and music and whatever hip-hop whatever's going on uh on the ground level in a city and so all the bands should feel a sense of urgency to get out there and play as much as possible throughout the country and just keep that tradition alive and keep people focused on watching music, listening to music and being interested in bands being involved. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I'm thinking more and more that the, that liberals and conservatives need each other for art to succeed. Um, even though typically or, or generally, you know, conservatives are less interested in conservative minded personality type people are less interested in new ideas and more interested in sustaining what is working and, and, um, 
keeping the keeping the the machine running, not necessarily trying to innovate the machine. And liberals are generally the opposite. Um, very engaged with new ideas, but uh, execution and and systematic application of that is not uh, is not in their personality nearly as much. Um, and I I think that things like Europe, uh, places in Europe where art is artists are supported in part by the state um, and by by the taxpayers. I feel like there are systems that could be put in place. To support art through, I, I think I think the two strategies of of sustaining our society need to meet in the middle because we need the art to innovate the way that we live and that we can be, but we can't do that when the art is constantly shifting and trying just to just find a place to sit. You know, mm. like we, yep, yeah, grants help. <laughs> so yeah. it helps to be able to get a grant places like meow wolf and santa fe are like uh basically uh vital you know they're giving money to places to help art continue their world they're like internationally famous i i think now yeah, yeah. it People got to pitch in. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's why we need managers, like good conser- good good smart conservative managers that aren't gonna fuck you over, that can um, that can engage with the thing like a business, and and trust you to uh, to innovate within that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like the the business side of it can can open up from the inside out. I guess this is a new thought. Um, that I've been working on, but let's get back to uh, live performance. I think that's enough of my <laughs> gentra pontificating. Um, I like that I word, like gentra pontificating. Okay. Um, what was uh, what was your opener? Remind me. Um, 1985. Okay. Was that was the opening song that we did, which was our first single release that we released back in July, um, and uh, did pretty well. Um, it's about. Uh, Again, one of those things where it's the narration, the narrator in the song shifts between uh, myself and uh, a person living in 1985. So I, in 1985, I was seven years old. So I remember certain things. In the second verse, I talk about writing, writing with crayons on the wall. And all I wanted was ice cream at the mall. Um, but then juxtaposing that with the world events that were going on, Berlin, the Berlin Wall coming down, um, Reaganomics cigarettes and promises popsicles and mortgages these were things that as a kid i remember barely but um the I challenger was, challenger explosion. yeah the challenger which explosion actually is, happened in 1986 yes but, but the the line is if you were born in 1985 you don't <laughs> you remember don't, when the astronauts yeah. died so if you if you were born in 1985 you would have been one when the challenger yeah. exploded or, or less than one that's true and so you wouldn't have remembered ha <laughs> <laughs> i know but i had to just say that fact a lot of people point that out to me and i, I have to explain it to them yeah if you were born in 1985 you would have maybe been one or maybe six months old and you definitely wouldn't wouldn't have remembered what i remember no. from 1985 um and so yeah so it's sort of a, a song where the narrator a lot of our songs the narrator rolls between myself and the narrator position in the song between myself and the 
other characters in the song or, you know, the the theme. It's a little time capsule song. Okay, I want to talk about um your like presentation persona. I've 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 seen a few a few people recently that use femininity very uh respectfully uh and effectively on stage. What are your thoughts on that? Um so just we're talking about any any particular person of any are we talking you. about strictly myself or yeah. strictly women or any any gender anything i mean do you have an example of a performer well you're you're the example you know what i mean like okay. what are your what are your thoughts on how you present like femininity yeah and like sexuality on stage like how do you because you're you are obviously aware of like the pop presentation you know and it's uh I'm sure there's like I know there's substance behind it, so I just want to know uh, your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I'm a pretty feminine, feminine performer. I guess I I'm a pretty girly, girly girl. Um, without going too overboard, but um, I think about uh, so so fashion wise, I would say definitely you can see that you know that girliness, that feminine side, that like I want to wear all of like you know my my little pony stuff and my my candy tights and my cat socks and all of that you know that's my my time to do that um but i hope that my performance conveys that femininity is about being strong Mm -hmm. both physically and mentally because i don't believe that you can have one or i don't believe that it's good to just have mental strength without the physical strength i think you need to train your body and your mind and as a woman that's such a you know and as a woman who grew up in the 80s and the 90s having that ability to you know i ha- i'm independent um i've got it together i'm focusing on you know my product i'm um mentally strong i'm physically physically strong and um i think that's the kind of representation of femininity that i hope that our stage performance brings yeah not so much like, oh, I'm a woman, so you better respect me. You know, it's more like, okay, I yes, I'm a woman, and I am really strong, and and I'm gonna you're, when I leave the stage tonight, you're gonna know that, mm-hmm. and you're gonna respect me for that. Yeah, there's no wispiness or like about about it at all. You know. Thank you. Yeah, I just uh, that that's the, kind of the answer that I was intuiting. Like that's that's kind of what I figured was behind that. I just didn't put that into words. Um, it, it is a strong presentation and the boots help. Um, but the, the they're when they're spread in a power stance and you're behind the machine that you're operating um, fluently um, with expertise, you know, it's, it's, it, 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 and, and telling and showing, you know what I mean? it's an impressive it's an impressive thing that comes off the stage for sure thank you there's not there's really not the, that's the thing about competence like it's very impressive and it's not uh, uh it's not specific to a people you know what i mean right and i don't think it's automatic either because a lot of yeah. people like after they've seen loy loy now um they say oh my gosh you're so confident like you know you and johnny up there you guys are so confident it's like no one could ever stop you and i was like and i keep saying you know 
wanting to tell them, look, this isn't always how it's been, at least for me. Um, I, I think, you know, it took me years to build up to this kind of a stage confidence. And um, it's, you know, both a combination of doing music for so long and doing and just doing life for so long. Yeah. You just stop caring after a while and, and just let go enough that you can bring these things out in yourself, mm-hmm. you know, method acting, I guess. Yeah. I would even say there's like a <clears throat> superhero element to it. Yeah. We try to... Uh, um emphasize in what we are as a band um and as anyone who reads comics knows a lot of superheroes come from just the regular population like peter parker it's just a uh a sort of lame kid in high school and then uh and it's sort of like you know we're just a couple of kids from New Jersey who have had a pretty interesting life but a uh, a life like anyone else and we you know have we have struggles but we put on our uniforms and go up on stage and like fight crime at night and that's like <laughs> the cool You're right like you that's know? so true <laughs> so i love that i like to think <laughs> of it that way and we always wear tights yeah, yeah. there are tights so there's that johnny's outfit was amazing last night i <laughs> definitely got outshined i agree <laughs> i agree <laughs> sorry i'll try to tone it down next no time. don't do that <laughs> <laughs> well I, I think the i think the expression comes out I mean, you have to have the the confidence behind it. Part of the engagement of the of how it comes off that you're very engaged with what you're doing, you know. And I think that's partially something that's lost when you have like laptop musicians, which I'm that too. There are too many things going on for me to do by myself. If there were, if I had someone there with me, it'd be different. But I was very impressed with the amount of cueing that you did. It was almost like a, a visual. It was almost like getting to watch two halves of a highly trained pianist's mind. Like, you know, Mozart would compose on the fly because he had the ability to stack and, like, arrange in his head, you know, because he knew his craft well, but he was also, like, engaged in that way. So, I don't know, it was a feeling, It was. it's very exciting to see all that working. Like a like the complex machine that music is, like you're operating it at high efficiency, and because it's so, because you're so well trained at it, and because you're adept at it, you throwing that that performance over top of that in a way that brings people in is just very impressive. Thank you. I mean, yeah. it's a lot of practice has gone into it. A lot of work has gone into it. And by the way, I do think that if you are a solo artist and if you just if you quote unquote just have a laptop it's still possible i mean we actually sometimes when johnny's on other tours uh with his with their other group um stronger sex uh, great great name thank you I'm a band name fan for sure and that's fantastic but yeah but guess what there is no stronger sex <laughs> well that's true that's the album that will be coming out uh in the spring, I think, of that's going to be Stronger Sex's new album. There is no Stronger Sex. 
and we've made posters that say there is no stronger sex and no more battles of the sexes. And next week we're gonna sneak around DC and just post them up, just Sweet. to just because we think those th- words should be posted up on walls. Yeah, blight makes right is another good. You've got you've got yeah. a yeah that's oh blight yeah really quick blight is uh the record label that Johnny and I are on. Um, it's a DC um I would say. It's very heavy um, industrial electronic synth pop label. There are about 10 bands on them. Um, Blight, uh, Blight Dot Records. Mm-hmm. And um, just a, a really amazing um, new label that's emerging out of D.C. Um, started by a, a friend of ours, originally from Philadelphia, uh, Ben Sure. Really mm. um, love being on this label. It really kind of, he and, and Ben actually recorded us on a Viva La Volva and just really, um, really brought that edge to the recording um, that we were trying to capture. So it's, I would say it's a very edgy, electronic, and almost post-industrial uh, label. And definitely check out the the 10 artists on, on that label. Cool. And you were talking about laptop solo artists uh, right laptop solo artists um we've i mean we've seen we've we actually as as i said before johnny goes on tour with stronger sex sometimes and i will do the set by myself so it's it's possible to to be a solo artist and just be doing electronic stuff whether it's a laptop or a keyboard or um and you know still be very successful right i get hired out to do yoga classes too sometimes and just dj nights with that gear so the like other with, thing with is the cool keyboard yeah with all the gear that i used for the last night. night with a few wow. other pieces of gear i have at home i'll just set up a table and maybe on an art gallery they'll pay me to just sit in the corner and dj or at a yoga class i'll do ambient uh, music with it and huh. that's the cool thing is like we do we do our band but there's you can never get bored with electronic music because there's so many contexts for it yeah. you know brian Eno was really into probing that field what where can electronic music be put yeah and um that's everywhere cool it turns it. out everywhere yeah. everywhere so you can do anything you can get asked to do the strangest things with and just bring a an electribe and a pedal or something you can just make sounds and it's fun to listen to mm-hmm. it's a formidable duo you've got <laughs> and and formidable halves of it um we're about 40 minutes in do you want to take a quick break and freshen coffee up and do a little more sure sounds okay. good we'll be back
and we're back from the void that happened between the break and now. The coffee void. Coffee void. That's a, that's a fine band name there, my friend. <laughs> All right. There actually is like a little house venue in uh, D.C. that's kind of uh, up and coming called The Void. Um, it's been it's a it's a college house and that was a really um, neat experience for me as a as a very not college age person to go play at a college house um, and I couldn't believe how receptive everyone was um, to that and how willing they were to um, kind of go along with our set um, again when you're like 20 years older than the people in the audience you feel a little so I feel a little self-conscious um, and worried that I'm sort of out of touch and that I'm fossilized and there's no way that I'm, people are going to like my music. But um, thanks to the void and the crowd there, I was able to see that my music can um, traverse the generation gap. Yeah, definitely not fossilized. Thank you. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> um, no, I think I think y'all are in touch. No, no, I don't know what you're talking about. I think that's... Uh... There, there's energy in what you do. I don't think there's, I don't think there's any way around um, quality. Uh, you, interest in Loy Loy will pay dividends. More at eleven. Uh, <laughs> Excellent. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. Thanks for announcing that. <laughs> um, can you plug the uh, the place in Murfreesboro that you played? Sure. Um, so another great surprise. Um, that came to us uh, on this tour was that we found a really cool up and coming house DIY venue called the Crossroads at Trenzalore. Um, it was a, an amazing artist house. Um, about five or six people live there and, and um, basically uh, run the venue as a way to give traveling and local musicians an opportunity to play. Um, it's an extremely artist-centered place. Um, we were treated amazingly well there from the moment we arrived to the moment we left. And um, it's definitely more like an NGO than a, than a business. I would definitely encourage anyone who's going to travel through uh, Nashville to not overlook Murfreesboro. Um, we had a great crowd there, too. Murfreesboro. But it was a little cold that night. <laughs> so we were Murfreezing our butts off. <laughs> but um but I uh, yeah, it was it was definitely um one definitely a gig that again, just like the gig we had last night where um there were just some great, great people in the audience and we really kinda got to make those connections. What do you think the uh, where do you think this electronic thing is headed? What do you think the next? Um, obviously, the trap sound is not going away, like and the like. There are there are emerging staple characteristics of the new style of pop. You know, where do you think that's headed? No, I mean, I I really think that these days um, there's a scene for everything, mm -hmm. and so we happen to be in this electronic synth pop scene, but. I'll tell you right now that a lot of the stuff that I listened to growing up and even today is is like, <laughs> you know, 70s classic rock, um, as well as 90s industrial music, as well as even um, some some 80s um, moody, um, gothy type music. I mean, I, I don't 
what I play is is not a total reflection of what I what I listen to, and that's good right. because you know there's there's got to be room for everything. Even today, the, there's you know there are jam bands that still exist. So I'm I mean, I'm happy that they do because I want to go see them, um, and so I see the electronic scene. Um, hopefully continuing to to develop. Um, I see in the electronic scene um, more focus on taking real-life sounds and incorporating them into um, electronics, which is something you can do. This is mm-hmm. a benefit of electronics. Um, you know, it's not that, you know, you're just clanging your foot on the ground and using that, but, um, you know, you can hear some great sound in nature or some weird tinny sound that some crane is making and, and you can record it and you can take it and put it onto your drum machine or electro or whatever and make a tune out of it and it's you know right can be beautiful yeah without uh, i think i came at that question a little wrong uh, i guess what i what i mean is is there anything that you've seen around like as you've as you've traveled like you, you've been in a lot of contexts so what do y'all is there anything that y'all seen that was like startlingly new because I think a lot of people share that that interest yeah. in um, the interest in what we grew up with and how that how like there's the the wave is is rolling in on itself as well as moving forward, you know. So everybody's reprocessing '80s, um, you know, like that. That's like Pink Pyramids uses a lot of that kind of texture thing. So there's there's that recurrence that's happening, but as What's the tip of the spear as far as music going forward? I guess is more what I'm asking you. Well, there's a, I, there's a lot of um, a lot of people think when I say that I play electronic music, they immediately have an association. A lot of for a lot of people, that association is EDM or house music or rave music, all of which have had a huge influence on me for sure. However. Um, I also see a lot of electronic bands that are trying to break that formula and incorporate other styles. For example, Pop It, which is a uh, one-person band in Denver, Colorado. Electronic. Uh, She is almost like an opera singer. Mm -hmm. Her show is almost like an opera and it has in no way does it remind you of EDM or house music or rave music. I see a lot of performers like that uh, who take what electronic music has to offer but try to take it beyond that. I feel like Christy, for example, is so influenced by Queen mm-hmm. that there's this element of uh, ultra theatrical stadium rock mm-hmm. that's almost the core of what Loi Loi is. Yeah. So the fact that it's electronic is almost um, it's almost inconsequential in a way. It's just what we happen to be doing. Yeah, I I see the. Oh, I got to keep this straight. I see the the. There's a split in like technique and general approach, you know, like it's all music and it, the, the principles are the same. But like having a, a, a five piece like guitar, bass, drums, band is a different process than what you do. And I think that's the electronic distinction because the, the manipulation is different 
Um, but I think you're right. The association is too strong with a lot of people that it's just, that's the technique that you're using. Like if you're, if you're playing like jazz songs and you're using like a jazz language musically, then you're playing jazz. But if you're playing with jazz instruments and you're not playing that, then you're not really playing jazz. Like you're playing something else. And that's like a distinction without a difference, I guess, but it clouds improvisation for a lot of people because they associate improvisation only with like free jazz, right. which is like impenetrable to them in their minds. But um, I feel like <laughs> the, the, the queen thing, I think that's what I was feeling before is that because Mercury had like that, like he brought, he brought people in and it wasn't, it was big, but it wasn't um, an edifice. It was very like human big. And that's that's what I was getting. I mean, I I, I totally see that. Um. <laughs> yes, I was a closet queen fan for many years, and it was only because I was like a teenager in the early '90s, and so I didn't, you know, nobody was listening to that. Um, but my God, like his life and his music and everything about him um, really is was a huge influence on on me and my ability to see myself as an art creator of creator of art because again the drama and the I was I was a trained opera singer when I was younger um well you know I never sang at the opera but I was trained in opera and so um when I listened to him uh when I listened to Queen um for the very first time when I was I guess maybe 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 nine or ten um I thought, oh my gosh, here here's mar- the marriage of these, you know, opera and rock and roll, and I never had heard that before. Um, Yellow does that too, and I'm also a huge fan of Yellow Electric Light Orchestra, um, and that's just my favorite favorite concept and my favorite go to type of performance. And so, yeah, big big influence on on Loy Loy for sure. Makes a lot of sense. Can you explain Loy Loy? Loy Loy means well. Loi is um, actually, it's a Chinese character, two boxes, one smaller box on top of a larger box. And um, it's actually my last name in Chinese. I spent uh, years living there. And so my last name in Chinese was translated to Loi. Well, actually in Mandarin, it's Lu. Mm-hmm. And so in Cantonese, it's Loi. I lived in Canton for two years. And so when we started the group, we had four people. Um, and so the character for Loy, which is two boxes, um, a box in Chinese is a measure word for a person. And so... What's a measure word? A measure word is sort of like um, one cart, one carton of eggs. Okay. One pack of cigarettes, sort of like... A bottle of Coke. So they actually have a measure word for for person. We say We say one person, they say one and then the measure word person and so that um that is the reason why i chose lola because we had four people a box means a means a person and so it's four people whoa (laughs) and now it's literally like two loy and now it's just two of us so i'm loy and i'm first i'm loy number one and johnny's loy number two the other the other two are um jimmy our dog and uh (laughs) Uh, the fourth one is uh, Freddie Our Mercury. Father. <laughs> <laughs> Our father. Who art in who's heaven? No, who's not in heaven? He's <laughs> but the fourth Loy. 
No. Um, yeah, he plays guitar sometimes for us. <laughs> well, that was that was gorgeous. I'm I'm very very happy that I got to encounter you. Likewise, yeah, Jackie. Thanks, um, Jackie. We were really excited that you asked us to do this, um, and uh, we were ex- really excited to meet you and see a window into the world of of Birmingham, Alabama. This is such a unique place, and we hope I hope that we can come back here. Absolutely. Well, I know you're welcome back at the Syndicate and um, the Soft Rock as well. And we'll show you the rest of the city next time you're here. Yes, I would love that. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you, Jackie. (laughs) (laughs) We passed the bus with the generator broken masked windows and no design no words no driver unsmiling or big face wincing a message we crossed along the road they called a river we swam in the road bring the gun body was split in the middle after being too tired. Might sleep in the day while I'm still living. I took the day off. I skipped the exam to buy weapons. They had to go and put me in the day camp, the cinder block rooms, to talk to us and me. The basketball room hurt my feelings. They touched my ass with hate. I swim in the road. The past has no form. Even yesterday was a great wash in blood somewhere. Not where I could remember being. I could not be guilty. So that's our show. Uh, I'm going to spend a couple of minutes uh, now talking about where the network is headed, uh, the stuff that, that I've been working on lately and the changes that have gone gone down. Um, I want to keep everyone informed and kind of explain why programming has been sparse and things have been a little up in the air lately. It's because they've been up in the air lately. The Earth Hotel has decided to part ways with the Born with Catheters boys as they head for their next adventure out there in the wild yellow yonder. Um, We hope them the best, and we're sorry to see them go, but this is a a consensual decision. Uh, I think think we're headed in different directions, and our interests are are not in the same place. So they're going to continue, I believe. Um, I've removed myself from proceedings and just kind of stepped away. Um, Similarly, uh, the Birmingham web series Welcome to Montagnia has partnered with Substrate Radio for their second season and will also be leaving the Earth Hotel Network. Uh, We apologize for this inconsistency because we promoted season two and promptly disappeared from programming, but we we similarly wish the Monotonia crew good luck and fine pickings for their future. So the priority of programming has changed. Um, Beers and Broads had some some personal crisis happen um, between the three of us, a couple of personal crises, actually. And um, 
of a varying degree. And, uh, and we're going to be back at that uh, this week and next week, uh, getting, getting episodes out there again for you. Um, we thank you for listening if, if you've been listening to Beers and Broads and, uh, and Born with Catheters and Monotonia. Um, this was an interesting experiment for, uh, for the programming around town. And I've learned a ton of stuff, and I'm, I'm excited to take my own content further, uh, regardless of how it all came down. Um, I, I knew I was feeling a little overwhelmed, and the quali- I feel like the quality of my own program slipped a little bit, and the attention that I was able to pay to it decreased. So I want to put a lot of this energy back into this program and do, do a lot more, a lot more consistently, I have more time to put towards it um, and I actually have a solo act in the works so I can play music again for myself um, as, as well as with the Dizzy coming up so um, so that's that's kind of the way that goes um, I've mentioned before about uh, controversy and, and allegations with the firehouse and I'm not going to get into that here um, that is a continually swirling problem um, and I got I got drawn into it again through Born with Catheters, and that was part of the decision. You know, we made to part ways, but that is over with now. Uh, I I have made I made the decision to just move on from the controversy, as heinous and ungraciously stupid as it is. Um, no one will. I, I've, I've reached out to everyone for comment and and you know what did I do wrong? Well, I know, but I won't tell you. Um, so I'm just going to leave it be. I'm just going to work harder and eclipse whatever tiny reign of influence they have over what goes on because it's really not that important anyway. I was hung up for a while on well, this is wrong and it can happen to other people and. The fact that this is allowed to go down is is not good, and it's going to be a bigger problem. And to be fair, all of the things that I said would happen, happened. They started coming after people that I work with, um, and and got and, and, and went after. Anyway, it, it all it all proved itself to be exactly what I thought it was, which was nonsense aimed to try to exclude me, um, which sounds a little self involved but if you don't if you have a highly selective group and you don't choose to get super involved with that group and just do your own thing sometimes that group gets threatened and and acts out but regardless I'm I'm ready to step into the new year without any of that hanging around in my mind it took me to a really dark place where I was getting obsessive and trying to solve the problem and 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 engage with it, and I, I don't I don't feel the need to exert that energy on that anymore. Only good things from here, only things that can matter over time and and give us meaning. It's a little state of the network, state of the show, whatever. Um, coming up, I've got I've got interviews with with folks like Milton Ragsdale, um, from them uh, them natives and and other groups really interesting brilliant um we, we get in we get into the weeds on uh on the matters of the universe and it's a really awesome conversation i really enjoyed that that's coming up uh next friday or this friday this coming friday 
Um, that's our big show for this week, um, besides Loi Loi. Um, today, you can also hear the Antifest promo mini-sode with Lindsay Shante and Chance Bridges. Tuesday, Frozen Yogurt's got a mini-sode. I interviewed them. And then next week, uh, you can hear the Antifest live podcast that I'm doing on Wednesday. And, uh, and Jimmy Griffin of Renaissance Records will be by to speak with me on Friday. So, uh, so that's, that's the show. That's how things are going. That's kind of what's up. Um, watch out for, for music of mine coming out next year. New Dizzy stuff coming out in the summer, I believe. We're going to go all over the place and play and, and make our thing happen. Anyhow, this has been my show. Stay tuned uh, later on. If you're somehow made it all the way through this and want more today, you can go check out the Antifest promo podcast, the mini-sode that I put out with Lindsay and Chance, and, uh, and I'll see you later. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening to me. And, uh, and go do something nice for yourself. Go, go find something nice to do for you that also helps your friends and your family and also helps your town. And maybe we'll work out from there. Just do something good for you. Good, do something good for you that has zero negative consequences on someone else. And really think it through and see if you can do that because it's hard to do. Usually, you know, if, if it, even if it's not self-indulgent or, or self-destructive or you know, non, you know, a waste of time or whatever. It's really hard to do something positive without having any net negative impact. It's an interesting little thought experiment. Uh, so I'm going to go try to do that as well. This has been the Earth Hotel, and I'm Jackie. Making, making friends wherever I go. Love to you.